are Locked On Rays, your daily Tampa Bay Rays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, my name is Kevin Weiss. I'm Ulysses Sembrano. Host of Locked On Rays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one local sports daily podcast network. You can find Locked On Rays on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Himalaya, and online at fanstreamsports.com and the Fanstream Sports app. And when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play Locked On Rays. Also, be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Rays. Well, despite mounting injuries, the Tampa Bay Rays continue their winning ways, taking two of three games over the weekend over the Toronto Blue Jays. Your Rays now stand at 19 and 10, having won 13 of their past 15 games. Ulysses, it's a Monday, which means it's time for our recurring Monday segment. What we learned from the weekend, giving our takeaways, observations, news and notes, so on and so forth. What do you got? Well, unfortunately, my first takeaway is an apology not only to you, Kevo, um, but to those who might have been duped on trivia on Friday. Uh, I said twice that it was stolen base leaders of all MLB when in fact I was reading the National League leaders only. So I did, in fact, make you look worse in the hot seat, not on purpose, but uh, I did take a couple of answers from you by just not reading. I appreciate that, Ulysses. I appreciate the apology. Uh, I am bad at trivia, but I'm not that bad. That was not a good (laughs) showing for me. We should also give uh, apologies to, I think, Malik Smith. Yes. Jacoby Ellsbury. Alex Smith was the stolen base leader in 2019. Jacoby Ellsbury in 2009. So thank you for taking care of that housekeeping note. I appreciate <laughs> of it. Hey, it's, it wouldn't be, we all make mistakes. This yes. is, this is live podcasting here. Sort of. It, um, and I, I made a mistake on Friday by saying it was a three game series. I just assumed it was a three game series <laughs> instead of a wraparound series. So I apologize for that. So, but thank you for, for clearing that up for people that might have been confused uh, trivia-wise. I had an inkling when I was like, wait, it's only National League guys that are winning. Well, now we know. I know. Now we know. Uh, okay, so my second takeaway, now talking about what happened uh, with race baseball, uh, Josh Fleming. That's my second takeaway. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow. Uh, what a way to step up. I mean, you got no Charlie. You got no Yanni. No Roe. No Alvarado. No Drake. Alas, no Nick Anderson. I mean, this kid had to have an efficient outing. They gave him the ball, and he did just that. Five innings, two-run ball, and in less than 80 pitches. And 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 also, you got to put yourself in, in his shoes. you got to make your major league debut. This is something you've probably dreamed of since you were like five years old, four mm-hmm. years old. You've been, you know, working so hard for this. And then no fans you've got no family you've got no friends to cheer you on it it must have been a bittersweet moment but i i commend him for stepping up which is what many race pitchers now need to do uh while guys on the il get healthy 
You know what's funny about Fleming? I thought he looked great. I thought he was really good, yeah. especially against, let's remember, that's a really good Blue Jays lineup, even <laughs> without Bichette. But the pitchability and command he has with yes. all three of those pitches, like maybe Yarbrough-esque, he doesn't have as many different pitches, but he's got more velo on that sinker. Like this guy, you got to love his competitiveness. Like, And he's, yeah. not, he's not phased by the moment. As you could tell, uh, he kind of looked like if you just looked at him, you would think he was pitching for the Blue Jays because he has the Oakley glasses on. Like, it seems like every Blue Jays pitcher has those Oakley glasses or goggles on while they're pitching like Anthony Kay, Thornton. I'm sure there's some other guys, too. Um, I'm a little biased. Every time I see uh, a, a player with with glasses, I'm like, uh, I instant, I immediately like them. I, you know, this is just so yeah. cool to see on on the field, especially if you're a pitcher. I'm like, wow, that, that that's really cool. So w- with the look, love it. But yeah, the command was the most impressive thing, and that's actually what we had been hearing from from the mm-hmm. reports coming coming from him is that. He might not blow you away, but he can command all of his stuff. They're not all top-notch pitches, but he knows how to control that. And that's what you love. Okay, be, who doesn't like a Yarbrough? And I'm not comparing Yarbrough to Fleming, but there is some you know, hues to, to what they can offer. And why not? You don't always have to throw 98. You know, yeah. If you can throw 92, you can know where that is going and, and pinpoint it exactly where you're going. 92 is going to be as effective as a 98 uh, even more so than a 98 down the middle. You you can work. He works both sides of the plate with that bottom of the zone gets weak contact. No, I, I think. And what's funny is he is talk about untouted. Like I think in the top 30 prospects for the race, he's like number 29 or something like that. He was, like yeah, it goes he was. to show you how deep the race farm system is. And also, I mean, Josh Fleming, sort of one of my takeaways as well. Should I just go ahead and get him out of the way? Like, or should I save it? Okay. First of all, um, like Josh Fleming is the epitome of if you're good enough, they will find you. Mm -hmm. If you're good enough, they will find you. This kid coming from somewhere called Webster University and not the one in Florida, Division Three Webster University in the St. Louis area. So if you can play Juco Ball, NAIA, Division Three. Indy League. I mean, uh, what's his face? Nick Anderson was found in independent ball. Like, hey, if, if you got good stuff and it and it tracks, you don't have to play in the SEC or ACC to, to become a pro. Two race face of the franchises have played Juco ball. KK and Evan Longoria. Look at that. Look at Come that. On. You play, they will find you. You can transfer mid-year. Um, I think in the sophomore year, Longoria transferred over. From Juco Ball. I don't know if uh, KK ever did. Uh, I'm pretty sure KK was year. just taken right out of. I know he wanted to go to Purdue, but I don't think he I don't, could. Yeah, I don't think he had the, the grades. grades or something like that. Um, but yeah, nonetheless, yeah, Juco Ball, Division Two. It doesn't matter. You don't you have play. to play. You, yeah, you, you got to play. That's just awesome. find an opportunity. Um, also related to Josh Fleming, um, Ulysses, I'm an idea man here, right? Uh, hit, hit me. Come on. What do you got? Okay. You, you mentioned it. He's he's making his debut in front of no fans, nobody in the, the stadium or anything like that. Can we not make some kind of leeway or rule here to allow immediate family members either somewhere inside the stadium? It, it doesn't even have to be in the stands or the upper deck. Give them a box suite. How hard is that? Five, that six people, cool. mom and dad, siblings, significant other. That's, that's your party. 
instead of I having to, to fly in from St. Louis or like Ryan Thompson's dad had to do flying in from Oregon and watching <laughs> the game at a hotel bar or at Ferg's or something like that. No, Ferg's is great, but I, you don't know. There's nothing like could... actually seeing your kid in on the mound. Yeah, I yes. agree. I agree 100%. It would be really nice if they could. I don't know if they're going to bend the rules, but uh, it would be nice if they were. Yeah. Hey, come on. I'm trying to help out here. It, this could be his one and only shot. I mean, not his, but sometimes a, a guy's MLB debut is his last time he sees in the majors. You, you don't know that. So I know this is a, You're right. a, You're right. a kooky year and everything like that, but there's got to be box suites available. They, they can't all be taken up. I mean, none of them really should be taken up at this point. So. Um, you know what? You made me uh, a little bit scared uh, on on what I said. So I looked it up, and yes, Kiermaier opted to play and enrolled at Parkland College, where he competed in the National Junior College Athletic Association. So there, he did play JUCO. There we go. There we awesome. go. Should we get to? Uh, we've got a lot of listener comments. Should we get to those, or you want to take a break first? Uh, let's take. Uh, let's do Twitter comments first. What do you think? Okay, go ahead. Yeah. Okay, so uh, Melissa Herrera says, I wish I had some wisdom or a hot take. All I got is that a 310 start on a Monday is trash. At least at 1 o'clock, I can have lunch with the Rays. She's going to miss some of the game, so that kind of sucks, I guess. Uh, Austin Holloway, if we keep winning ball games and I can accept the aisle stints, we need those guys healthy in just a little over a month. I'll take it now over in the postseason, but so thankful we have depth to cover it. That's right. People need to keep stepping up right now. Yeah, it's it's the veteran types that have to step up. Like you can't put all the pressure on a Josh Fleming yeah. or a Ryan Thompson, like Aaron Loop, guys like that, Diego Castillo, guys who have been around the system for a while. You've, you've got to find a way to, to make an impact there. Um, speaking of Castillo, Sarah Giberson says, Castillo officially scares me now. Ooh. He can get scary, but uh, yeah, I, wasn't can... what weren't those his first couple earned runs he has given up this season? I, I, yeah, but he has been shaky. I get what yeah. she's, I get where she's coming from. He has been shaky, but yeah, it's no, especially with the end. Like now, now he's got to he's totally got to yeah. like step it up. If if Anderson, Chazro, all those guys are on the IL for you're the guy now. You're the yeah. guy. If you're Diego, you're the guy. There's no Alvarado. There there's no Roe. There's no Nick Anderson. You're the guy. Um, Joshua Garner says, I think that we have such a hard time with the Blue Jays because they don't mix and match. They come to swing the bats. Uh, Joya, add luck 12, that's my QB, says, love the fact that the pitching finds a way, even though the injuries that have hit the staff, there are no excuses. They got the job done and the offense backed them up. And last but not least, Quinlan says, the Blue Jays are a team I never feel comfortable about the boys facing the young, their young, powerful lineup is scary. Cash and staff looks like they might be doing the best job at MLB currently, managing pitching with injuries, the offensive balance, and the pinch hit success rate. That's true. Let's talk about that last one. How good was that cafecito input to get the ball rolling yesterday? I mean, the, the Rays needed to capitalize there. He pinch hits for Michael Perez. Gets Cafecito in there. Cafecito does his job, and then everything turns around, and then they get three runs out of the whole rally. And on Saturday, putting Kevin Kiermeyer in a clutch there situation go. there, a Kevin Cash, Kevin Mula, Kevin yeah. De Niro moment instead of a Kevin <laughs> Crash moment. 
I like that. Kevin De Niro. Okay. Kevin De Niro. That, that sounds okay. like a, like a stud baseball player. Kevin De Niro yeah. batting third. I know. There we go. Playing um, third. Yeah. Quinlan has a really good point. We, we talk about it all the time. The Blue Jays, they're a wild card. You just don't know what you're going to get from them on any given day. Well, Ulysses, you must have been happy that weren't all these uh, games one run. So you got the uh, you got your, your got nail biters that you ask for frequently. I do. I, I, I love those games. I love those games. They're, I think they make the, the W feel a little bit sweeter than the 10 to zero games. Yes, for sure. Um, we've also got a couple of emails. We'll get to those. But first, got to tell you about rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. So whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Be sure to write locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Well, Ulysses, we have a lot of interaction on today's show. Um, In addition to the Twitter comments, also have a couple of emails to read. Uh, One from Dustin Hansen, he says, man, I don't even know where to start. Still hate the current rule of having someone on seconds. Zanino is like that employee who does great when everyone else is doing good, but completely horrible when he should pick up the pace. It's a love-hate relationship. Uh, Ulysses was right regarding a comment he made about Kiermaier a week ago. Just put him in for the clutch and he will do it or something to that effect. Look at you, Ulysses, getting some credit for uh, Kiermaier being... Maybe, maybe Kevin Cash listened to the Locked on Rays podcast and is like, you know what? No more of these Kevin Crash moments. Ulysses is making some good points. I, I'm going to heed his advice and look, it worked out. We know you love Martinez. We know you love KK and clutch situations. I love KK and clutch situations. And over this weekend, it worked out. Uh, well, thank you, Dustin. Uh, and yeah, man, I mean, I just Kevin Kiermaier last year that started with the with the clutch moments i mean he was clutch but i mean this season is is borderline ridiculous right i mean i think with uh runners in scoring position he's just seeing the ball like a watermelon yeah not even a grapefruit like a watermelon that he does not miss it first pitch too the other way look at going the other way i'm telling you he's staying back on it a little bit staying back maybe maybe but i think there's something to the effect of like him not wanting to fail 
that is kind of making yeah. him a little bit more like, no, this is this is where you tight down, you, you settle down. This is you got to go the other way. Maybe that's maybe he's been successful when he actually goes the other way. But when mm-hmm. he's doing those ground balls to to second to to, to first and and those big swings, those long elongated swings, right? That's when he gets away from what he might have worked during the offseason, which is go the other way, just like that. If he were just to do that, how many doubles and triples could he uh, have bagged already? Unlimited, unlimited, especially against those uh, Blue Jays outfielders there. It's kind of like, uh, yes, it's kind of like Willie Adamas where he would only hit on the road last season when it was like big stadium lights, packed ballpark. Like when when it was the moment, a big moment, Adamas came up big and in the clutch. Maybe it's something similar to Kiermaier. Like he's kind of... You know, it, until it until it really means something, uh, I can't really step up my game and get in tune to that uh, to that sort of thing. Um, okay, uh, another email from Chase Ross. He's got some weekend thoughts. Uh, he says, "Can I get Lau as my boy?" Of course, everybody can. Um, Friday, bad shutdown, second inning, four runs for the Blue Jays. A nice comeback with the bullpen. You are coming off eleven days, ten game road trip. Saturday, Sleegers pitched well, and KK walk off. Sunday, great debut for Fleming and bad call top of the sixth, but we got out of it with our bullpen. While we're heading into the trade deadline week, what do we need to do to win the AL pennant, maybe the World Series? Um, I mean, I'd say a couple arms or a starting pitcher. I mean, somebody who can throw, anybody that can throw. Really. Four days ago, we said, well, it would be nice to get another Trevor Richards type to cover three to four innings, you know, maybe go to the uh, the lineup twice. <laughs> I want two of those guys yes. and possibly a reliever. Like, this is getting, I mean, when is the, uh, the trade deadline? Next week, right? 31st of August, yeah. Seven more days. Seven more wow. days to, to get a couple guys maybe off the IL. You know, Charlie might be off the IL by by then. Possibly as row, maybe. What? <sighs> You you need arms. You need arms. I, I, I don't know if Oliver Drake is going to be uh, available in seven days. You, you need arms. That's the thing. I, I don't care about the offense right now. I think the offense is doing uh, its job. Yeah. The pitching's doing its job. But I mean, how many Josh Flemings do you have, and can you count on to be a Josh Fleming like he did? I mean, I, it, That's it's going to be thing. tough, and it, and it might be tough. But maybe you have to part with a Nate Low or something like that. It might take right. something good. Yeah. It will take something good to get something good in return. So it's, a son- I mean, Eric Neander's got to be working overtime right now for sure. For sure. Speaking of that, I've got a little food for thought here. Um, and I put this out on Twitter. Not sure if you saw it or not. But, you know, this year we've got the, the runner on second rule, the seven inning doubleheaders, expanded rosters, and we should also be pleading for a mercy rule. And here's why. Like, think about how much more, how many more pitching injuries we would have if games were going into the 13th or 14th inning and we had nine inning double headers. Like it's already bad right now. I think injuries are up 22% league wide yeah. compared to last year. It seems like more than that. It seems like, I mean, at least for the Rays, everybody like every day, every day I'm just going to assume, okay, somebody's going to get injured today. I don't know who yeah. it's going to be a pitcher, but somebody is going to get injured it's today bad. for the race. Like, it's bad and that's what it was like over the weekend it was like Chaz Rowe first and then it's like okay well you know Rowe all right then Nick Anderson's like what the hell seriously I know know. why Nick why take don't you don't need to take Nick from us good news is that 
it shouldn't be a, a very long stay for him. It should be a minimum stay on the IL. So that's good news. But again, you never know with these things. I, what that's if he what comes they back? say. Like Yanni, Yanni came back, pitched three innings, and then got back on the IL. So let's hope that that's not the case for Nick Anderson. I know some people really are very optimistic and would tell you, no, that's ridiculous. He'll He's going to come back and he's going to be the same pitcher and everything's going to be fine. And it's like, okay, but let's be real. That could be the case, but it also could be the case that he's not. So what do you do? And that's Neander's job right now is what is the worst case scenario with all of my pitchers on the IL and what can I do to kind of remedy that? Yeah. And it, and if that's getting a couple arms for Nate Lowe, if that's getting a couple arms with the help of Lucius Fox, a Vidal Brujan, mm-hmm. uh, maybe a Joey Wendell, uh, Brousseau. I mean, a there guy are who's ready to contribute to out there. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. think it's going to be one of those things. It's going to have to be probably, and and again, pitching depth is at a premium right now, but there's got to be some team that needs a ready now big league infielder or bat that can come in and yeah. contribute that has uh, a long relief arm available or something. There's got to, it's kind of got to be a strength for a strength trade because so many teams are in it right now. There's not a lot of teams that are out of it or, or think they're, out of it at this point. And with the pitching injuries, I'm just going to assume the worst because all the, every player is going to say, Oh, you know, oh no, I feel fine. It's, it's going to be, it's right. nothing major. And then they get the MRI or whatever the cat skin, you know, whatever it is, they get the <laughs> testing done and it's like, Oh yeah, yeah. You got a torn uh, UCL. Gonna need, yeah, like I think you, Kittredge you after no he arm. was taken out of the game, yeah, uh, he was he like, said, oh, it, it feels better. Yeah, it feels it, it feels OK. And then and then out behold. of the season, no season ending surgery. Yeah. Like, exactly. So, uh, look, I love people that are optimists about this and, and sure, but le- it would be a better to be a realist. And I think uh, Neander especially has to be a realist and has to be thinking if everything goes, you know, horribly wrong what can i do to fix that and that could be you know trading a couple pieces that we really like and that might be in the on the major league roster right now i wouldn't mind seeing uh zach plesek or mike clevenger in a raise uniform i think they could Ooh, that is controversial that hey, is if, controversial if, right there sir if, if there's a franchise that could get those guys to play ball so to speak and to blend into the clubhouse you don't think Mike Clevenger and Blake Snell would be boys? Come on. That is. <laughs> yeah, but then you got Charlie Morton, uh, you yeah, know, that's saying, true. boys, that's that's in quite enough of that. Turn that is true. Yeah. I mean, hey, turn I just thrown it out. Turn, off the, just turn, turn it off the Twitch. Yeah. Turn it uh, off. <laughs> I think everybody's saying that right now. Um, <laughs> last thing, and I'm surprised you didn't bring this up. Your longtime boy, Evan Longoria. 300 home runs for his career. I was actually saving that as my my farewell. Okay. Uh, but I'm glad that you bring it up. Look, our boy, our our forever boy for for mm-hmm. for every race fan, Longo gets his 300th home run. That's a pretty significant milestone. Good for him that he gets it and and he was on that you know, Longo swing. It it, yes. it was it was a bomb. It, it was a bomb to to left field. We've seen many of those at, at the trop and, and him wearing the baby blue or the navy blue or the white. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a, 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 a Twitter little video showing all of his 300 home runs, uh-huh. you know, with StatCast uh, information. And it was so cool because it would give you the dates of each home run. Right. And if you just paused it on the right uh, date, 
2011, you could see the 162 landing home run, um, you know, happening. And it just stands uh, above the others as the most special for sure. Can we change that to Longo landing? Maybe you we should. Can, uh, yeah, you should. After make, he retires. Make, yeah. After he retires, I think that Longo, how, how long after he retires, Will the Rays be like, okay, we are retiring number three. Less is than it, 24 th- hours. I 30 think. seconds. It's be. Yeah. Is it? <laughs> Nobody. Yeah. Three seconds, basically. Yeah, well, so his his 300 homers are the most by a third baseman since he debuted in 2008. He, of course, hit 261 with the Rays in the last 36 with uh, the San Francisco Giants. I believe he's the 150th member of the 300 that. homer club over under 330 home runs for his career he is soon oh, to be 35 over. oh okay over because i'm giving him three more years of of productivity okay. i think three more years so if he hits you know 11 each season yeah uh he he'll be just over that we're just assuming that we've got 162 game regular yes. seasons hey he's having a bit of a resurgence like he is doing he's hitting the ball hard yeah, I like his it. strikeouts way down this year. Like I, I was a little bit worried for him coming into the season because there was like yeah. a couple of uh, viral clips of where like swinging wildly at a breaking ball outside of the zone, and then there was like a, a chopper to him at third in spring training that he like totally whiffed on. But yeah, you know sometimes it just takes uh, those old bones to warm up a little bit, and maybe getting three, <laughs> three and a half months off may have helped him there. So very, Come on, he's what thirty four. Soon to be 35. He'll be 35 in like 40 days, something like that. Wolf. So uh, he's not much younger than his manager, Gabe Kapler, former teammate. So that's <laughs> yeah, that's got to right. be, be an interesting dynamic. He's ex-teammate, sure. right? Yeah, it's crazy. Yes. Uh, that's really cool. That's really cool. Good for him, Longo. And I know that a lot of race fans uh, join us in, in saying congratulations. Of course. All right, today we have the wraparound game between the Blue Jays Lefty Blake Snell is going up against Blue Jays righty Tanner Roark. Um, let's take three out of four. That sounds nice. I mean, on paper, yeah. Snell versus Roark. Snell looked really, really good in his last outing against the Yankees. 92 pitches, five innings, three runs. I'll take it. Again, Snell's a guy. you and it, With it, what is going on right now, the, the epidemic of injuries with the Rays, Snell, we need you to go six. We need you to go six and two-thirds. We need you to go seven. Just do it. I mean, it, it, it. At Boston, five innings. At New York, five innings. Uh, you're at the trap where you have really good career numbers. You're going against the Toronto Blue Jays. Again, a really good lineup, but I would say a notch down Boston lineup and the Yankee lineup. Get me six. Mm-hmm. Get, get me six, and, and it would be nice if you start the seventh, but I just... <sighs> It would just be nice for the stability component of him being the face. I know Charlie had a great year last year, but he's the face of that rotation of the race, of the pitching, of what the pitching is in Tampa Bay. He should give us six innings today. And if he does that, then it means the Rays are primed for another victory. Hey, he should be ready for it. He got to uh, sleep in his own bed in his waterfront St. Pete home instead of a a crammed (laughs) hotel room. So maybe he's he's well-rested and... And everything like that, we'll have to wait and Hopefully. see again. 3.10 p.m. start. Don't so miss sure it. You Don't miss that. it. All right. That wraps up this edition of Locked On Rays. Now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked On MLB. Hope you all have a wonderful day. Stay safe. And we'll talk to you tomorrow.